0: Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L.
1: This is Amber, and happy
0: 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. First show of
1: the year. Uh,
0: Things are changing. I don't know if you guys can smell it in the air, but COVID's officially over.
1: Oh, oh you've announced that for 2023? No, I didn't
0: announce it. Biden announced it. Oh, yeah, he said that a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago. He said that oh. we've, we've, COVID is officially over now, so we can all well, go back to normal life.
1: And positive. I did see in the New York Times today that they said we are not having the spike in uh, illnesses this winter, probably because more people are um, um, not immune, but they have immune, immunity to it you know, from having had it, unlike what happened in China where they kept everyone away from it and then yeah. went, oh, okay, well. Go do your thing. And then everyone's like, ah. And then everyone gets sick of it, you know, sick at the same time. What not to do?
0: Well, one (laughs) thing I've noticed, aside from getting the crud a handful of times over the last two, what, two or three years now? We're we're pushing three years since this thing started.
1: 2020. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: Three years. Um, I have not gotten anything else.
1: What do you mean? Oh, you mean you haven't had a cold or like the
0: flu? No. Not even a sore throat. Well, because... No, not, not even a legitimate sore throat.
1: They did say that that other stuff was down because people were more adamant about hand-washing and, and sure, mask-wearing to some extent's going to do something. And then just being more conscientious about, hey, I'm sick, so maybe I shouldn't go sit in that movie theater.
0: You know, one thing, too, I noticed this just over the weekend because, we you know, we had the holiday. We're recording on the 17th of January right now and the 16th was Martin Luther King Day. Um, and this weekend I pretty much parked my car on Thursday, work, you know, worked, worked remotely on Friday and didn't really leave anywhere. I didn't go anywhere all weekend. I do that a lot. I just kind of laid around the house. That's not good for me. Oh, I need to get outside. But here in Michigan, it's been really cold. Yeah. I
1: don't care less in the winter. My sinuses
0: suffer just from breathing the furnace air tell people that all the time. I noticed yesterday the weather was above freezing finally. So I went outside and worked out and in the, in the garage and kind of in the driveway too. And I noticed how much better I felt just being outside for a couple hours. And this morning we finally got some warmer weather and I was outside this morning for a while and it felt really well, good.
1: Well, warm. We should say warmer in Detroit area is 44.
0: <laughs> it was forty-eight degrees today, and it was it was oh, balmy did it get, out there. Did it get to forty-eight? It was balmy out there, yeah. So it's probably
1: why I couldn't sleep last night. Like I slept horribly last night because I did not turn bad. the heat down far. Because I know you're always like, I'm gonna freeze. So,
0: so and I didn't. Yeah.
1: And then I got really hot, and I had weird dreams. <laughs> For real, I have really like really weird dreams.
0: So I tell people that you know, and it's I I, I say that. Because yeah, it, I really haven't gotten sick except for the except for the Rona, right? No,
1: don't now you got to knock on something. Yeah, knock because you wood.
0: have weird luck. I wood. Oh, you summon yeah, you're right.
1: things. You're always like, I just want to relax, so I'm ready to relax, and then all of a sudden, like something yeah, rises something, from the ground. Something. Is like oh, ah ah. Exactly.
0: Fix it. Yeah. You're not
1: relaxing this weekend.
0: So, I tell people though, get outside more. It's good for you. Get this, get as much sun as you can. It's really good for you, actually. I like being cooped up. It's Is this fun. your
1: 2023 mission statement? Get outside.
0: Get well, sun. I get outside anyway. <laughs> I love being out. I, and it's ironic because, you know, I, I think about when I was younger, like 20 something years ago when I was in college and stuff. I liked nothing better than to not come out of the apartment that I lived in. I lived in this apartment when I was in college. And I loved not having to come out anywhere for days at a time. I was a total hermit, right? And I can still be a total hermit. I mean, COVID kinda of made us all hermits, I think, to a certain degree. But I still like getting outside though and moving outside. It was it felt really good. It feels really good. It's good for the sinuses just to breathe fresh air. Or the freshest air you can. Um no, it's not really a thing for me. It's for me, it's my message to this the This is people. your public service this announcement. This is my message to the people.
1: Go outside.
0: <laughs> Get more
1: Go outside for twenty twenty three, Scott L. Go outside. <laughs>
0: We spoke to Ezekiel Kincaid yeah. tonight. This is his of ours.
1: third appearance yes. on the show.
0: Really, really good to talk to him again. Always something cool to talk I about.
1: I like having repeat guests for a selfish reason. Well, these are our friends. They're comf- They're comfortable. Well, they're our <laughs> friends. We know them. We know what to expect. We know their, their gear yeah. works. <laughs> they but also, it's nice. you know,
0: on that point, before we dive into Ezekiel's here, I think you and I have had some conversations and we're going to try some different stuff here. Oh, we might. Yeah. No, well, I, no, I'd like to. We will. Um cuz it's fun it's fun to talk with people. It, but, but it can I be
1: just stressful. Want... There's a lot more planning, there's a lot more uh
0: I know. I, know. I get I get more anxiety. I mean, we don't need to turn this into a show meeting. I mean, I'm just I know saying. we're not. I'm just but this you is want my to other message to the people. Okay. We're, yeah, we may be doing some just some riff sessions, some jamming sessions here on. Well, some like ideas.
1: I was saying, I'd love yeah. to pick up one of my favorite topics yeah. and dig into it and tell you all about it from from the
0: from, from my, my perspective, my perspective.
1: <laughs> from how my brain sees it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So we're gonna try. We might be trying some new stuff here this year, um,
1: and we might be able to do more spontaneous things that way too. So there could be. I'm well, yeah, not promising more content, that. but you know it is yeah, a. Don't it, come. I'm not promising it. We're,
0: yeah, we're not promising anything. To <laughs> but anybody it could these days be a
1: way to just uh, our schedule to are. be more consistent yeah. for our people that do well, the three people, the three or four now, five so maybe, maybe five five now that that do show. enjoy us and like us and um, yeah think something of it to to hit the play button when they see us pop up on their uh yeah and thank you their for players that. Thank, so thank, you for you. That. Yeah. thank you for that we appreciate, we appreciate you five listeners you're awesome appreciate you five listeners They're and awesome. uh, we appreciate Ezekiel Kincaid for yeah, coming back totally. on the show and shocking us with oh um, yeah elements of his his, his new horror works horror comedy works
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> which we'll, we will, um, I don't want to spoil it we'll, I won't
1: spoil it I'm not gonna spoil it You don't have to listen it'll so just be a moment you'll be listening to the show and then you'll be like whoa um, and, uh, if you haven't heard Ezekiel, you can go back on previous episodes that he has been on. Um, you can just Google him. I can't, I didn't write down what episodes they were. It was like 169 and maybe 145, something like that. You could probably put
0: those in the post. But you
1: can, you can go to Ghostly Talk and you can search and I can, yeah, I'll link them up. I'll link them up in the post. So. If you're not, though, familiar, if this is your first time listening to Ezekiel Kincaid talk a little bit about him, Mm. Ezekiel Kincaid brings a unique and original touch to the horror genre. Why? Well, there are lots of reasons. First, he was a pastor for 20 years, so he knows a thing or three about the demonic death and dealing with people in crappy situations. (laughs) Second, the only other language he is fluent in is sarcasm. This (laughs) means he has a flair for horror comedy. Third, he also has a serious intellectual side, seeing that he has three theological degrees. He can write deep and thought provoking horror that will mm-hmm. make you question everything and poo your pants, as he wrote here.
0: <laughs> poo your pants. Poo
1: your pants. At the same time. Finally, Zeke was a child of the eighties and can do throwback better than you can. He is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but currently lives actually I don't know if he I think he's back in Louisiana. We're just mm. gonna leave that part. He's from the South. So enjoy our show with Ezekiel. Kincaid. The first show of 2023. We are back and we have brought on a previous guest that we have had on twice that we have thoroughly enjoyed. One of our favorites. Ezekiel Kincaid. And on previous episodes, we've talked about... The Persistence of Evil in the World, a theme that runs through his books. And the first time he was on the show, he talked to us about his roots from becoming, well, as a pastor turned horror writer. Mm-hmm. So welcome back to the show, Ezekiel. We are happy to have you usher us into 2023.
2: Yes, I'm so glad to be back <laughs> on here, y'all. Thank you for having me You're back welcome. on. You're um, welcome. I am excited to hang out with y'all again and and chat and see where it takes us.
1: For anybody that's listening to this show for the first time and they maybe didn't already listen to the two previous episodes you were on, could you give listeners a little recap of how you fell into the world of the horror genre as a writer, uh, but yet you're a theologian and you've been an active pastor? How did this all happen for you?
2: So I grew up a horror fan like a lot of us. It it started out really, really young for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I was about Six years old, I saw uh, two made-for-TV movies that kind of set me on the trajectory for horror. And it was The Demon Murder Case with Kevin Bacon, which (laughs) um, the show, the the movie, the new Conjuring movie they did, The Devil Made Me Do It, that was based Mm -hmm. off the Warren's case files. This is like an earlier movie based off that same case file. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you can actually find it on YouTube if anybody is curious and wants to see it. Um, it still holds up quite well for a made-for-TV possession movie. Uh, <laughs> I still enjoy watching it. So it was that one. And then The Midnight Hour uh, from 1985 was another made-for-TV movie about werewolves, vampires, zombies. So from a young age, I was, I was hooked. And it's just done nothing but, but grow. And as you had mentioned, Amber, um, I also was a pastor for 20 years and I'm currently serving as a, as a chaplain. And I guess it was back in 2017, I really started to look at how horror and my faith relate to one another because somebody had challenged me on it and they were like, you know, you're a, you're a pastor, you're a Christian. Like, how can you like all of this, this stuff? And I was like, well, said so I can give you my answer that I have right now, or I can really go in depth to this thing and then just blow you away. So you'll never ask me again and I can <laughs> shut you up. So that's, that's what I ended up doing. And i saw so many correlations between the christian faith and the horror genre such as dealing with good versus evil dealing with the aspect of fear and overcoming fear uh, perseverance survival um, the human condition just to name a few and so as i did i was like you know what as much as i love to write I think I'm going to try to actually start writing horror fiction. And I ended up writing a short story, which was my first attempt. And it ended up three months later getting picked up by a, by a publisher. And so I was kind of shocked. I was like, well, I guess I might be all right at this. So I'm going to keep trying. And then i wrote my novel johnny walker ranger demon slayer the first novel i'd written and it got picked up and i was like well okay you know i think i'm gonna i'm gonna just keep at this and um it uh it had a a slew of of reaction attached to me starting to do that lots of negative reaction for sure which i still get to this yeah, day yeah um, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, Amber, but mm-hmm. I had to—I uh, had to put a, a disclaimer. I started having people like sharing my um, my profile pictures and calling me satanic and of the devil and worshiping Satan now because of my long hair. Yeah, piercings and my black fingernails, and so since day one i've I've kind of dealt with that that stuff, and you know that's kind of been really if I have to say anything negative about it, that's been the only thing it's just overzealous misguided people um, just trying to get on my nerves <laughs> <laughs> but um you know other than other than that it's been quite a good experience for me I've I've loved diving in deep and finally um, being able to give full expression of something that I've always always loved and always wanted to do especially when I started reading Stephen King and Clive Barker and William Peter Blatty in in high school Um, never thought I'd actually be writing stuff similar to what they do uh, but it it happened. And so being able to, I guess, give full creative release to something that you've always loved is for me, it's very, very fulfilling.
1: Well, and uh, I, I commend you for doing this because with, with your background with Christianity, um, having been a pastor, uh, you know, now I'm a chaplain, it is, I've always been so frustrated because I grew up in a Catholic family. I've always been so frustrated with how, judgy some people in that group can be and how negative the paranormal would be viewed and treated sometimes because as a kid, I grew up just with an innate love of the paranormal and anything strange. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, I I loved it. I loved watching horror movies in the 80s. I think some of the the best horror movies ever made came from the 80s. -hmm. So but then I'm told, well, you can't like that stuff. Well, why? I why can't I like it? I'm not a bad person. What's wrong with it? And so it I feel like that's always a frustrating thing within the realm of Christianity. And I and I don't I know not all Christians look at the paranormal as something negative. We've had a lot of people over on the show, you know, yourself and others that talk about Christianity and its uh interconnectedness with the paranormal and how there's so much paranormal stuff in the Bible. We've brought that up on the show a lot.
2: So mm-hmm.
1: it's just – so doing what you do, I also think it opens that avenue up for other Christians who grew up in that kind of environment where the things they like, such as the paranormal, horror movies, are like – like you're viewed like some kind of weirdo, some kind of – you know, like it's negative. And you, then you feel like – you get the guilt, the Catholic guilt, then on my end. Well, I mean, yeah. and, and so it's good to have sources like yourself to say, look, I am a staunch believer – and I still like this stuff and look what I pull from it. Like we were, like you were saying the the human condition, the persistence of evil, good ber- versus bad, all of that stuff.
0: I think one yeah. of the, you know, I, I think one of the things that the judgy stuff that you're talking about, Amber, mm-hmm. and that you're also talking about also Ezekiel is, um, what the religious part of, of this strangeness we talk about, about the paranormal stuff, um, I think a part of that is the people, the judgy ones, let's call them. The judgy ones. The judgers. The (laughs) judgers. Because, you know, you made a good point, Amber. I mean, the Bible is riddled with paranormal stuff. Yeah,
1: unexplainable occurrences. But they call them
0: miracles. Sure. Okay. Sure. That's fine. That's cool, too, right? So I think what part of and this I'm not saying this in any type of
1: tomatoes tomatoes. I'm not
0: pointing fingers at people and I'm not this is not like an anger thing but I'm just saying I, this is how kind of how I think trying to get into someone's head on this it it's um there's so we have miracles in the Bible, right? And then here here I come along going, "Hey, I saw this weird thing floating in the, in the air one day when I was walking through this building, and uh, it was just, I can't explain it. It's just, it's unexplainable, right? And I think mm-hmm. what the judgers or the judgy people would say is, you know, you listen, that's what God does. God is the one who makes things happen that we can't explain. How dare you try to explain what God does? I guess it's And I think that's why you have this judginess thing where it's like, how dare you tread on that ground? How dare you try to explain what the Almighty does? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you do have that bit of judginess from some people. It's not everybody. No, no. But some people. Right. It's just that you're walking on hollow ground, so to say, I think, for some people. And they don't think that you're allowed to do that. And that's why you do get you take you take your bit. I take we all I think we
2: all take that bit of lashing from people. But I think that's yeah. why I think that's why, though, too.
1: That's it's one perspective of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I would I would add to that, Scott, is um, especially in a lot of the ultra conservative denominations, like I used to be a Southern Baptist uh, minister, and one of the the things that was always talked about when this subject came up is that everything paranormal was always demonic. Yeah, it was always a source of evil. You know, there couldn't be anything such as ghosts because, according to them, the Bible doesn't allow for that worldview, and so then it has to be a demon spirit. So everything gets lumped into the demonic which what I've enjoyed helping people um, put words to and defense of this is, um, you know, the Bible does allow for ghosts in its worldview. And I've talked about that in the past in some articles that I have, that I have written um, about that being their, their worldview back Mm -hmm. in, in that day. Um, And, you know, so in, and having to walk through this, it's helped me be a resource for other people who have Christian faith but enjoy these things, and they're looking for for words to be able to stand up for themselves in this, and I feel like I'm able to do that just because of my past experience with theology. I have I have three theological degrees, and so being able to take some of this scholarly stuff that people don't really have access to or look at and take that and kind of put it in my own words and put it out there it it gives people you know well well look you know Zeke says this he studied this and this and you know I've had people use what I've said to kind of help aid them when they're in in conversations like this um my latest being is uh I had a Story release on Godless. It was a, a horror comedy kind of Tucker and Dale style um, concept and um, execution, and it's called Night of the Blood Come. Okay. <laughs> and I got I got some zingers thrown at me for that.
1: <laughs> one man. I when, bet when I, 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 b- <laughs> I I will say when I was looking at our show notes, I was like, did Scott misspell that? What? And then I look, and then it says, no, I no. know that title, right? And I was like, <laughs> 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 let me off a little
2: bit. <laughs> <laughs> because so, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, the, yeah. <laughs> it's, about, uh, it's about this redneck who uh, this giant sperm monster is formed because his girlfriend gives extracurricular <laughs> hand jobs um, <laughs> at, the, at the truck stop. And she ends up giving the hand job to a warlock. And um, she runs home right after, and some of the jizz is still a little wet. And so it it drips onto um, her boyfriend's homemade Ouija board, (laughs) and it creates this gigantic sperm monster that's trying to come Uh, after her.
1: Okay, I don't know Um, if this idea has been done yet. You might be the first. I can
2: pretty much guarantee it's not been done yet. Uh, Yeah, I get an A for originality. But I was getting so much backlash of you know this is such a filthy concept and you know you're talking about this and the book is not like this gratuitous sexual thing. It's, um, I mean, it's called Night of the Blood Come, but it's a it's a comedy, so you're not getting like horror erotica, which is what I was being accused of just from the title itself. Yeah. Um, but so I went on Facebook and uh, there is a. A passage in the book of Genesis that where, you know, this guy is supposed to take his brother's wife and impregnate her because the brother's dead. Well, he decides he's not going to do it. And so as they're having sex at the last second, he pulls out and he shoots his load all over the ground and then he gets judged by God for it. And so I posted a picture of that, of that verse. And I was like, okay, Christians, let me get this straight. You can read this passage of scripture right here and not blink an eye, but when I write a comedy story called Night of the Blood Come about a giant sperm monster, everybody loses their mind. <laughs> it's um, true.
1: It's all context, it's, uh, you know?
2: What's that? It's all context. You say it this way, they're fine. You say it this way, ah uh Yeah. So, like, stuff like that is... um you know what I have to defend myself against all the time, and then, but doing so, it helps. Yeah, you know, it it helps other people who kind of may be in the same boat that I'm in. Is you know, man, here I'm getting attacked for my love of horror, and uh, I really don't know how to defend myself or or what to say. So I just tell them, don't worry, just let OZ handle it for you. <laughs> I'll give you some uh, <laughs> some ammunition.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I mean—don't get me wrong—reading uh, that title and hearing you talk through it, yeah, I mean, I'm like, wow, okay, that's well, hey, we've already got—we've already talked about the originality part, uh, <laughs> but um, what? My observation, though, on that, and I mean, I don't know all the people who may have complained about this, but like, one of the things I noticed, for example, and I'm just as an observation. Um, you know, I watch, I've been I've been trying to, you know, just watch more educational stuff like on YouTube or whatnot or wh- whatever's out there, documentary type stuff, just engineering stuff, whatever it might be. Um, and one of the things I notice is that, in, you know, I'm, this isn't going to turn into a get off my lawn conversation either, I promise. But the, the younger generation, um, their gratuitous use of the F word.
1: Oh, it's changing. It's very mm-hmm. different. It's, it's, it's right? just very, it's much more casual. It's not for shock value.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one thing I do notice. That's one thing I do notice is, you know, is that gratuitous use of the F word. Right. Um, and, you know, what, mind you, I'm I'm no stranger to it myself off the off the air here. Um, but uh, I do notice that in media a lot now. So when you say something like, you know, that, that people are freaking out about stuff like that, I'm like, well, it seems like we're kind of in a place now where you know, I, I'm not going to say nothing's taboo anymore, but it seems like the belts are loosening. So why not just, talk the, the, about a story? Things I mean, are
1: changing. Just, just yeah. yeah, like once upon a time, think about how many things were offensive to someone from each decade. You know, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, oh, yeah. compared to now. It's super
0: different now. So, I mean, we're, and we're, in a, you know, with just the, the, all the changes that have happened in the world in the last couple of years, a lot's happened. And I think a lot of people spend a lot more time at home and they did find ways to express themselves. And we're just seeing things come out for that now. And um, that's one thing I didn't notice is that. So it's kind of, I mean, well, you know what? But the reality of it is no matter what you put out there, you put yourself out there, you're going to have somebody that's going to detract you. It don't matter what you're doing. We have oh, our, detract- yeah. we have oh, our yeah. detractors. You have your detractors. It don't matter what you do. You could put out like the nicest, most friendly well, we put flowers all over the Ouija board, you see, and it made the Ouija board all happy and stuff like You've, that. Oh, and, yeah! It's going to we'll
1: be like you pulled flowers that you, were you pull, growing yeah, so on God's green pitch. earth yeah, to put proud. on a Ouija board, and you you, you ruined so you're gonna, nature. You're, you're going to have it. You're going to have, it, gonna have it, <laughs> Someone. So yeah.
0: But the you know, that being said. The concept is very interesting to me. <laughs> Good. Well, it's, yeah.
1: it's also hilarious as Ezekiel hilarious. pointed out. He is a comedy horror writer and, yeah. you know not all of his books are mm-hmm. um just straight up horror and scary stuff. I mean, yeah. like he's now I saw you have coming out um a second book to Johnny Walker Ranger Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And reading that book, I will tell anyone right now, even if you are not of the Christian faith, it doesn't matter because reading the book is like Kind of the way Ezekiel writes is sort of like you see it as a movie in your head, like you can (laughs) kind of see the characters, you can see it playing out, and I I, you can you can see this because I know one of your big inspirations has been um, I'm blanking. Uh, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell yes, yeah. Dad, yeah. and and so you do see elements of that inspiration in this character, uh, Johnny Walker Ranger. But you you know then you put your unique spin on things, and like there's a lot of times I'm reading this book. If a book can make me while I'm sitting there by myself cackle out loud, <laughs> then you know it's funny. And that book, plenty of times I was like laughing out loud, even at times. I'm like, that is so inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, you know, that becomes one of your signature things. But and I love it. So people just they also need to lighten up. Like, I just sometimes want to grab everyone on the planet that are like sometimes just clenching their butt cheeks every day and being like, stop. It is if the end of the world happens tomorrow, is this really going to matter?
0: Well, I mean, yeah. and that's the other thing. That's the other side of this, though, too, of what I what I was talking about a minute ago is, um, you know, I mean, because I hear both. You know, it, it the problem with information now is it just comes at you so fast and and so much volume that you know, how do you compartmentalize it? How do you make sense of it? So I do hear both sides of this thing, where I hear. You know, people going, well, I want to be able to say whatever I want to say and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we all know that democracy can, you know, not everything is a democracy. I've been saying it for years. The Internet is not a democracy. Facebook is not a democracy. Instagram is not a democracy. Privately owned company. privately owned company. Yeah. You can't say whatever you want on those things, but some people still don't get that. That point aside, um, you know, I, I hear people, you know, on that side, like, I should be able to do what I want. I'm being censored. I want to be an artist and do this and this and that. Okay, fine. Great. And then on the other side, I hear people like this where they just freak out about anything that's put out there, right? Uh, we have a cat climbing on stuff around us. Sorry. We're trying, <laughs> we're trying to stay focused here. Get down, little girl. Anyway. Pay attention to me, human. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no, but so there is the other side where it seems like we have a group of people that their head comes off the pillow every morning and they're trying to find something to be offended at. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't, I, and I don't understand it uh, because there's plenty of stuff I personally don't prefer. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like, whether it's music or movies or books or whatever it might be. But my, my thing, especially the older I get now, has always been, it's just not my cup of tea. It doesn't suck. I don't hate it. It just isn't my thing, Yeah, it's right? not your thing. So yeah. you
1: don't, you're not forced to listen to it, and you don't need to leave a negative review of it somewhere just because you don't and it's like just, it. And
0: it's very rare that I, am, I'm, I can be offended by a piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, have you ever been offended like...
1: by a book that you can think of? No. <laughs> have but you ever have you ever truly Okay, so both of us love the metal genre. Yeah. Um and Scott likes probably a bit more extreme stuff than I do. Have you have you ever actually found yourself offended by any type of
0: Yeah, we've music? had this conversation. We
1: have? Well, who have you who's offended you in metal?
0: Well, there's it's it's a
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a genre of grind, you know, like of metal oh, music, grindcore, oh, oh, oh. grindcore, which is you know the old guys like Napalm Death and stuff like that, like English grindcore. Um, over many years, there's been uh, 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 some group of people that just clearly need more to do with their lives started making music and they started calling it porno That's grind, right? Porno grind music. Um, as the name, I, I'm sure that you can. You can deduct what this stuff's about from the name Ezekiel. Um, yep. And I've had to go to some festivals and concerts and shows with some of these bands. And um, the reason, my gosh, she's climbing up everything. Oh my God. <laughs> um, the reason that I do find it offensive, I guess, and I'll be very brief about this, is that, well, For one thing, some of the stuff is just absolutely some of the most putrid stuff that even I can't stomach. Where I'm like, okay, look, I've seen some pretty pretty wild horror movies, and maybe I'm I shouldn't compartmentalize them. But it's just a form of music. Just some of the stuff that they worship, I'm not into it. So yeah, I mean, but again, not my cup of tea,
1: right? You, you it's allowed to exist you get a few just... be, you get a
0: few beers in me i'll probably get a bit more impassioned about it <laughs> and, be a, and be a little less fair yeah but it is something that yeah but am i but am i making youtube videos or am i making posts going you need to ban this we need right. to ban this am i picketing out in front of yeah. somebody's?
1: you're not in front of your public library <laughs> getting and, and so in front of
0: some record labels yeah. office saying you do we need to ban this music yeah. now we need to ban no i'm not doing that it's just you do your thing but yeah not my thing but if, but it but so was I offended? Yeah. I right.
1: Yeah, I kind of I forgot about that genre. Or was I
2: triggered? Was I triggered? You, you, I was no, triggered you weren't bit. triggered. I was triggered a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well it's it's you know, people they have the right to get offended over something. It's just they need to learn to just move on. Right. And you know, if something you read or you watch, you don't like it, then move on. Exactly. Um, you know, there's there's no need in attacking the the people who are doing it or who are enjoying it. And I'm thinking more specifically of you know, with with me in the writing, it's just like, you know, you have the option of scrolling past my Facebook post. You have the option of not reading my books. Like if you're offended and then you keep reading my stuff, <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's on you. Well, yeah. I mean, well, there's a, there's, If it offends you, don't read it.
0: There's a thing now they call it hate watching or hate listening or hate reading. Doom, where doom scrolling is that? What, is that is that doom scrolling? I don't, I don't know.
2: Need, yeah,
0: people will hate watch something. They, they 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 may hate the director or hate one of the actors, but they will hate watch it for whatever reason. Which don't make it. Mm-hmm. Barely any sense to me. If I don't like something or something... Well, are they uh,
1: watching it with, with the outcome well, of, so of giving, get, well, like doing I mean, something negative with it I su- then? I
0: suppose... That you're, you're, you Well, here's a good thing. So you don't like this director of some movie, right? Well, you hate watch the thing because, yeah, you know what? I don't like this director, but I want to... At least maybe... There may be a good thing here where, well, I'm not going to blindly just yell out, I don't like this person. I want to actually watch the movie so I can have some reasons and actually have an educated viewpoint on this thing. So... I mean yeah there's there is a thing we got cats running everywhere I, here. I know
1: this is so we we were saying to Ezekiel earlier before we started the show like we got we got cats we we open up this podcast the studio and they're never in here so when they get to come in here they're losing it and we have speakers in here from Scott's band that practices and like those that she was just on those aren't those are not yours are they are no, not yeah they're his guitarists and then she's got a little claws <laughs> going after these things and we're like so we're trying to like talk
0: and i don't feel like getting beaten by my talking herd
1: cats at the same time
0: (laughs) (laughs) anymore but no but you know we don't want to go too far in the weeds with this but yeah Uh, yeah i I don't there's a lot there's a lot to unpack with that and we could probably talk about just this whole idea of uh, of being triggered and people not liking something all night long um my thing's always been if you don't like it just don't don't, don't read it yeah. So you Pretty have easy. you have Pretty other easy. books coming out, too. Um,
1: mm-hmm. You have a lot of stuff you've been working on. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what's coming up? Because I see two other titles on our list called The Morning and The Gathering.
2: Yes. Um, so Johnny Ranger Volume 2 will probably be out in the next couple months. Okay. Um, it's in the final round of, of editing. And this one picks up exactly where the last one okay. leaves off. Okay. And the, the storyline is, for those who have read the book or who haven't read the book, I'm not giving away too much, but so the angel Gabriel has to come in and save the day in book one because Johnny screws everything up. <laughs> well, in the book, Gabriel has a God phone, and this God phone does absolutely everything from um, like time travel to you name it. It is a God phone. Mm. So what happens is in the second book, Johnny comes up with an idea. He wants to take his demon slaying ministry, uh, take it up a notch and get more famous. So what they decide to do is they decide to get Gabriel drunk on 4th of July and steal his God phone. And Johnny's going to go back in time to the days of Jesus. And he's written his own gospel.
1: Oh God. (laughs) He's going
2: to try to get it in the hands of the apostles so that he can get his his name in the Bible. (laughs) Well, doing that, um, like with all good time travel movies, um, Johnny causes a terrible butterfly effect and screws a whole bunch of things up. So for his punishment, he has to go fight a demon outbreak in uh, Amish town in Pennsylvania <laughs> because the the girl, um, the Amish girl in the community snuck a Joel Osteen book oh, into uh, into the ranks and it caused a, a demon outbreak. <laughs> and so Johnny, as his punishment, has to go to Pennsylvania and... Um, fight a demon outbreak in, an Amish country. And so there's a lot, this one is more violent, um, a lot more violent and over the top gross scenes. Like we've come to love from, you know, shows like the evil dead.
1: Sure. Yeah. And um,
2: there's also definitely, it's got the same style of, of humor. Um, there's something in it to offend everybody. I'm an equal opportunity offender when it comes to Johnny. <laughs> Nothing is off limits. I make fun of absolutely everything, so I kind of describe it as it's kind of evil dead like mixed with a South Park sense of humor. so if you like south Park style of of humor where nothing is sacred and everything is made fun of, then you'll you'll like you'll like Johnny right <laughs> um, so I have that one coming out. Uh, I had one just release at the end of the year the follow up to. The Dawning, which was um, my possession, my historical possession series that we've talked about here right, right, mm-hmm. on the show. The second book is out and it picks up right where uh, the story leaves off in The Dawning. We find out more about Theodosia and her descent into the darkness. Um, she's being trained by her guardian demon, Hoffme, to be prepared for possession by the main evil entity called the Tetramet. And in this one, she starts to gather the children of the town for her cult, which is that's why it's called The, the Gathering. And um, this one, this book has one of my favorite scenes in the entire series in it where uh, Theodosia's mom, Sarah, actually starts to encounter the demon guardian Hophni herself. And um, she also encounters Theo. It's the first time in the book that she actually gets possessed. And so there is a uh, very intense, horrific scene in, in The Gathering. And it's, it's kind of got that, that same uh, effect as Johnny does. Like everyone who reads it, kind of what you mentioned, Amber, they can see Everything's so visceral, and it's like a cinematic experience yeah. in book form. So imagine that cinematic experience with Johnny, except the tables would tur- totally turn. It's not funny. It's it's scary. Right. It's intense. Um, and the gathering really sets the stage for book three which will be coming out later this year called the morning um it's the most intense of the series this is actually the so the book the series was originally one manuscript and the book was just entitled theodosia okay the problem was it was too long for a lot of uh publishers because it was it was about one hundred thirty thousand words okay But what Raven Tail did is they were like, yes, we want the book, but we're going to divide it into three books into a series. And I said, okay, cool. And it it ended up working out just fine because the book divides great in three different places. And so we kind of went with that. So this last part, the morning, this is the part where I had several beta readers tap out and said, I can't. It's too much. I'm getting nightmares. So, um, book three that's coming out is the wrapping up of of Theo's story. Um, everything from start to finish in book three is a little like book two. It's intense from beginning to end, and I don't let you up to breathe any in book three. Like book two has a couple moments where you can come up for air, book three being the, the end, um, there's there's no moments of coming up from for air. It's scary and intense from page one all the way to the final sentence. And so I'm really excited about this one coming out to be able to to wrap up this this series. Um, so that'll be coming out. Um, as we mentioned too, I have Night of the Blood come that is already out. <laughs> that is a. Uh, Call it like some people call it a short story, some people call it a novelette. It's about ten thousand words long, okay. and you can get it for fifty cents on Godless. And it's about a a redneck named Jim who loses his buddy Earl from a bungee jumping accident. Except they didn't do regular bungee jump, and the way Earl died is they had a cliff on the edge of town and um they went and they tied a bunch of underwear and jockstrap bands together and tried to do their own form of bungee jumping. It snaps, Earl dies, and, um, you know, Jim is heartbroken, and he ends up making this spirit board <laughs> to summon his buddy Earl. And so I told you what happens with the warlock and right. the jizz, and he gets on the board. Right. So, So now... Jim is having to save the town and his girlfriend from this giant spur monster with the help of the ghost of his dead buddy Earl, <laughs> um, and so it's uh, it's got a lot of that Tucker and Dale dumb redneck style,
1: yeah,
2: humor in it. It's um, it was a really fun story to write. Um, it's got some laugh out loud moments like Johnny does, I'm um, so. Those those are out right now. Uh, the morning and uh, excuse me, the gathering and night of the blood um, Johnny Walker Ranger Volume Two is coming out in a couple months. Um, the the morning book three of the dreadful death series will be coming out after that. Um, I have a couple manuscripts I'm waiting to hear back from. Um, I have one called the Vengeful Lambs. This is a novella about um, it's really my story. Um encased in a horror novel uh, about my struggle with addiction and um, about my issues with um, hyper-conservative religion and it's encased in a uh, in a vampire novel okay and so for people who like vampires this is my first you know full-length type of vampire story and it's um like what I do with all my stuff, you may have a normal trope like that, but I I take it and I take it an original direction and give it a an original spin. Um, And so that one, The Vengeful Lambs. And then I have another that I'm still waiting to hear back from called The Gospel of Lilith. And I think I may have mentioned that before on the show last yeah, time. I'm not I, sure because I, 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 like m- I was in the familiar. middle of writing it last time yeah. when mm-hmm. we talked. Um, but this is basically... Um, taking the mythos, the Jewish mythos of, of Lilith and um, kind of crafting a whole kind of origin story for Lilith. And it also serves as an origin story for the Tetramet, who is the main entity in the, the Theo series. So, And so those are some of the things I have upcoming.
1: So all the lists, like anybody, you're going to have, like a, if, you're, if you're just getting we're into... We're just getting into all these links up. Yeah, we're going to have all these links posted. The show. Um, and... But anybody that has read one of his, one of your books or hasn't yet will have plenty to look forward to to dive into. Mm -hmm. Um, you continue though to dive into actual paranormal experiences and, uh, moments in your work. And I know we want to talk about your work as a chaplain and experiences with NDEs, near death experiences. Mm -hmm. Can you share some of that with us?
2: Yeah. Um, now, as you said, I've had an interest in the paranormal, and I go on investigations and and stuff like that. And we can hit on that in a little bit. But one of the things that I have come across a good bit since I've started to do chaplain work is the amount of people who have had near death experiences. Okay. And
1: wait, can we back up one minute? For anybody that is not super familiar with Christianity and its different rules, what does what does a
2: chaplain actually do? So a chaplain is basically, I guess to give a launch pad of how somebody could understand it is they are like a pastor of a hospital.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: So they will go around and check on patients and offer emotional and spiritual support while they're there at the hospital. And so, our role is different than a pastor in the sense that we serve people of all different sorts of of faiths. Um, and we're also different than a pastor in that we're not there for these people in their life for the long run. Right. You know, we only have them in those moments and the times that they're, that they're at the, at the hospital. Um, but the thing is, in doing that a lot of times, people feel more comfortable opening up and talking to you about things. Yeah. And one of the things I started noticing is the amount of people opening up and talking to me about their near-death experiences. And there were some things that all of these had in common. There was the being surrounded by great darkness and then seeing, uh, seeing light, um, seeing a deity, seeing God, seeing Jesus, um, being snatched out of the darkness. Uh, one example of someone who shared a near-death experience, they had had a heart attack and they were dead for like four minutes. And this person told me that while they were dead, what they saw is they were surrounded by darkness, like just pitch black darkness. Like um, if you've ever been spelunking or been in a cave, that type of pitch black darkness where you literally can't see your hand in front of you. And this person said in the distance, they saw this light. It started out small and it started racing towards them. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And when it was up close to where they could see it, they could tell that it was this giant hand, this hand that was all light. And the hand curled and it stuck out its pointer finger. And then it jabbed this person right in the heart. Hmm. And that's when they woke up. And they, they came to and so it's, it's similar things like that of, you know, either the light that they're talking to tells them to go back that they're not done, or it gives them a choice, um, or it just totally intervenes, like with this person's story that, that I just told. And um, this idea for her. And this near-death experience was such a faith strengthener for this person in the paranormal, in the supernatural, in life after death. That she said it totally changed her view of God, her view of life, her relationship, her fear of death. Mm-hmm. Um, was was something she didn't she didn't fear any any longer. So that is one aspect of my job that I really, really like is there's times where people just open up and share their paranormal experiences like that. And then I had a, I had another person as well. Their brother had died like 15 years ago and this person could not get over their brother's death. Carried it around with them held on to it. And they told me about a month before they came into the hospital, uh, this person woke up in the middle of the night and saw their brother standing there at the edge of the bed. And the brother said, you have to let go of me. You have to move on. You need to let me go and you need to live your life. And since then, this person was able to let go and, and find peace. They knew that their brother was okay, that um, he was in a better place. And that experience for this person gave them the inner peace, the closure, the, the confidence or whatever it was that they needed to let go and move on with their life. So as a chaplain, this is my favorite part of the job of people just, I mean, they hear you're a chaplain. If they've had any kind of supernatural or paranormal experience, they're sharing it with me. Right. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times it starts off, you know, you might, this might sound crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, nah, nah, (laughs) no, no. So that, that aspect of the job is, is my favorite is hearing people's stories, um, it's the most enriching thing for me is them feeling comfortable enough to share. And then also hearing some of these experiences, just it's kind of like, wow.
1: Well, being in a hospital too, you don't have, you're, there's no incentive to lie to make it up. Mm. I mean, if you're yeah. already sort of knocking on death's door again, um yeah, what's it's, that? there's no, so it's just, you're getting people being at, you know, genuine. And this is, yeah.
0: a, this is a, When I saw this on our list, this really hit home. Uh, I think I've finally gotten to that age now uh, in my life, my journey, my path, (laughs) um, where I'm thinking about not death itself, but you start thinking about your mortality a lot more, you know, and you start making, Mm -hmm. you know, I know personally, I've been making a lot of preparations. Amber saw this at first, firsthand. I've been just a lot of, you know, fail safes and what ifs and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, I think part of that is I, you know, and I don't think the frigging social media media don't help that much within that aspect, because as soon as somebody passes away, you know, it right away. I know. Um, Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, it's good to have that information, but I guess part of this, my concern now and where I, where I'm at in my life is, is just that every day, maybe a few times a week at worst. Um, Yeah. Somebody either I looked up to maybe an artist or somebody like that, or somebody I personally knew that I had experience with is passing away. I mean, I'm at that age where Mm -hmm. I'm seeing this more and more. Right. Um, And it just, you know, it's like, well, wow. Um, You know, and I think that's what gets a lot of people thinking about that. Well, when's my card going to get drawn? What the hell? (laughs) You know, because, As we all know, it's just something you can't avoid. But then that that, that sends me down another path of thinking, which, and it's such a rudimentary, fundamental question. And it's basically the basis of everything I've talked about and Amber's talked about and Doug and all the people that have been a part of Ghostly Talk over the last 20 years now uh, Mm -hmm. is what the hell happens after we die? What do you Mm -hmm. actually experience? Right yeah and I know it's an easy thing to say and ask, because we've, <laughs> we've been asking this question for a long time um, but you, when you start to really think about it from a when I thought about it twenty twenty five years ago, it was with a different set of eyes it was with a different mind, way less seasoned, right so it was more of just a, a funny i mean i shouldn't I shouldn't say funny, but it was you know a, a curiosity well death mm-hmm. ooh, you know ooh, this is creepy, but now. 20, 25 years later, I'm looking, I'm observing this now I'm going, well, shit, <laughs> first of all, is my number up soon? <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. I don't plan on that. I'm working really hard to not let that happen. Um, but it will happen. It's happening to my relatives. I'm thinking, and that's part of the part of this thing too. I think about my, my parents and I've seen some, you know, relatives or grandparents pass away. I've been there when they've passed away. And I, I, I mentioned that, it, you know, a few years ago, when my grandmother passed away, we were there. Me and my father were there mm-hmm. when she passed on. And it was one of those situations, and I've mentioned it before here on the show, where, of course, I was grief-stricken in the situation. I was freaking out. But at the same time, with, with the with the stuff I've studied for all these years, I try to take myself out of the situation and kind of look at it like like if I actually was a spirit looking down on people saying, okay, you know, what are you actually experiencing here? What really is this? What what are you experiencing? Um, And what do you think she's experiencing, your grandmother? What is she experiencing right now as she's passing on, right? And I know these questions have been asked over and over again. But I think when you get to a certain point in your life, you start asking those questions with a lot more sincerity. It isn't just a Mm -hmm. curiosity anymore. It's like, what am I going to experience? What's coming to me? What's down the road for me? right? Um, I think it's just a different, it's just a different outlook. It's a different way of looking at things. And so hearing stories about near-death experiences, of course, they were a curiosity twenty, twenty-five years ago. But now it's like, well, man, is this, is this, you know, because the one thing I've heard about, it, and it's tough for me to get my head around this, Ezekiel. And I'm curious to what your thoughts are on this too. I think I have an, I have an idea of what they are. But I've heard people on all types of different podcasts, all different walks of life, say this. You know, dude, that's it. When you pass away, you're nothing but you're nothing but a piece of matter here, and um, just you know, go back to the earth, and that's it. When your eyes close for the last time, it's it. It's blackness. It's crushing blackness. I guess right. And you mentioned that mm-hmm. a minute ago. It's blackness, darkness. You don't experience anything else. You just. Your, does your and that's where I get really confused. Like, well, okay, because I do. I guess it's because of what I believe, right?
1: Well, does consciousness persist in some way? Yeah. Obviously, if you're religious, there might be an afterlife type area of some sort. You know, well, I mean, don't know. we let's, can, let's... We, can
0: re- we can remove the religious thing out of the the, con- the 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 formula right now if we want. You know, it's hard for me to kind of put my head around that and say, "Oh, yeah," when. When, you, when your heart stops, your body stops working, the shell you live in stops working, that's it. It's over. I'm curious what your, what your thoughts
2: are on that, Ezekiel. So I, obviously being a, a paranormal investigator and a man of faith, I do believe in, in some type of, of afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, energy can't be created or destroyed, so the consciousness has to go somewhere. And I think there are some models out there of quantum consciousness and the, um, the existence of the soul and the persistence of the soul after death that make a, a lot of sense and show that this idea of life after death is not just a religious one, that um, there is some sort of basis in in reality for whether it is you know a a higher dimension uh, another total state of existence what whatever it is yeah there is something there's something out there beyond death and i think the stories i've heard and the things that i've experienced with the paranormal confirm that that belief for me in in my own personal conviction now what is that going to be like i don't know i don't have the answers of yeah why do some people move on and then why does it seem like some stay around I think there there are aspects about this that are still very unknown and that will probably yeah. remain yeah. unknown and I think that's where one of the biggest fears and death comes from is there's so much uncertainty about what it's going to be like because I mean obviously we have testimonies from people who've had near death experiences mm-hmm. But never have we had the testimony of somebody who's been dead longer than that and come back and tell us what it's like. I mean, even, you know, in the Christian faith, when Jesus died and rose again, when he came back, he did not tell us what the other side was like um, at all. He didn't mention Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. about what he saw or experienced, Mm -hmm. at least that we have recorded. So I think with with that there is a a vast amount of uncertainty. I think for me the only certainty is is that yes there is there is something afterwards. Well, um
0: I, yeah. I think so. to I mean to cut you off, but uh yep, you're good. To piggyback on that point, yeah, I think most people there's two things You know, people are scared of how they're going to die, right? Is there going to be pain involved with that? Um, And I think people are also scared of dying alone, too. Mm -hmm. It's one of the big things, you know. And I think, you know, most people, I mean, it's one of those happy things you do here when when someone passes away. um, Is that, you know, this person, you know, they passed on, but they were surrounded by their loved ones. They were right there holding their hand as they made whatever transition they were making. Right. I think that's one of the scariest things for some people is, you know, and I think it may tie into, you know, the method of how you pass on. I mean, you know, you get into a car accident on the side of a cliff and you're sitting there passing on and you're by yourself. That would be scary, I think. That would be really scary. That'd be terrifying, I think, because it's the fear. It is the unknown. And if there's one thing I've I've know, I've learned and preached for many years is. To most people, the unknown equals death, right? And death is mm-hmm. terrifying. They they they're kind of a it's kind of a nasty marriage between the two. Um, so yeah, I, you know I I think you know even piggybacking further on that. Um, some you know we, yeah we don't know we and we're obsessed with this idea of of what happens after you pass on. And I think some people, you know, why do we have these things called ghosts? spirits or entities right and some people i mean i think some people just you know they it could be unfinished business it could be people don't accept that idea that they're gone and they can't move on Mm -hmm. right you're talking about your friend you know maybe maybe you have people holding someone back like dude i can't let go i gotta get out of here i want to come on i want to take off (laughs) you know and yeah i mean and it's such a you know especially again i step back to what i said before where I know I'm at now in my life and thinking about the future and thinking about my life and, and you know, however long down the road, I'm thinking very deep about these things. And that's why I got to stop because we could, I could just sit here and just <laughs> ramble all night long about this and just put everybody to sleep. Um, but I think it's something that, you know, it's an important thing, right? And I think it's an important thing in your real life, too, because... I think in order for you, I believe this, this is my theory, in order for someone to pass on, right, I think there will always be unresolved things in anybody's life. Well, even if you get to 100 years old and you've, you've been retired for 40 or 50 years and you've, you've watched your grandkids and great grandkids, and at that point maybe great, great grandkids grow up, right, and you've enjoyed it and you've lived, you've loved you know, you've paid off 50 houses, whatever it might be. You've done all this stuff. You've, you've achieved all these things. Um, and again, there may not be some resolved things, but maybe a person in that capacity who lives a full life, and it don't have to be 100 years old. It could be 50, 55, 60 years old, whatever it might be. Um, if, they, if you lived a full life and you're satisfied, maybe that's what you need to move on. It's the people mm-hmm. that don't. It's the people that maybe get to a point where they say, "Man, no, I got stuff I want to do. I'm not ready yet." You well, know, the classic unfinished business. Yeah, unfinished business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe that's what keeps it's... people around. I don't. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't know. I. Um, I have no clue. You but, know, yeah, Ezekiel
1: said something really yeah. interesting just a minute ago that popped into my head, where he said, "We don't know what the afterlife was like according to Jesus because it wasn't in." the bible or the book any book mm-hmm. that we know of and it made me think how many times like we don't know how many books of the bible have been tossed out or hidden or locked away in the vatican archives um
0: there's where the answers in, are at left in a cave
1: yeah. somewhere you know in the yeah. dead sea on some more scrolls yet to be found
0: there could be some document somewhere and that's answering all, the, that or, all these questions we're or yeah like yeah.
1: because when you think of things like the council of nicaea that a kind of came together to agree on what books go into the Bible and how we're going to establish this and set this up. What if, like, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. What if they're like, we're going to pull these out and hide these because if people know what happens at at death and they're comforted always and they have nothing to worry about, they're not going to come to us. We're going Mm -hmm. to keep them scared and we're going to keep them at a level of fear that keeps them coming back and supporting the church. Now I'm looking at the church from like a, you know, that yeah. well, that that Roman Empire, you know, consume. Yeah, don't educate the people, keep them dumb. But it just made me think about how much has been left out of the Bible and things that they find and things that could just simply be lost in time. But that it, that's interesting. I've never thought about that. Um, so it just you put a little thought bubble in my head, Ezekiel. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, a fascinating subject, and that's a gosh, that's a whole another podcast right? in and of well. itself. It, um, it's everybody's mission statement man i mean
0: it, it, it's everybody's mission statement when it comes to this stuff it was ours when we were kids what we want to know what happens after you oh, die yeah, i know
1: i know that's well, the
0: belly of this entire thing i know um mm-hmm.
1: but you've you've kept on though you i mean on top of being a chaplain and talking to people and, and getting their stories their near-death experiences and and getting to listen to those you also, like you said, you're a paranormal investigator. You look into these things, and you have had some recent experiences on an investigation in Kentucky. And we want to hear all about it.
2: Yes, um, this experience that I'm going to share with you, this has been by far I'm trying to think of the word um, the most paranormal activity that I've ever seen on an investigation. Um. It was so impactful that um, my fiancé and I uh, are going back in February to the same place. And I'm bringing my older kids with me because they want to come. And <laughs> uh, we went with a guy named Dustin. He has a YouTube channel called Professional Paranormal Research. Okay. And I met him on Twitter and it was, you know, just me... Digging through stuff. I mean, because, you know, there's for every one person who's had a, tr- a true experience, there's a 100 people oh, yeah. who haven't. Oh, yeah. And there's uh, a lot of fake stuff out there. And so, weeding through a lot of the stuff, I came across his channel. And um, what I really liked about what he did is on all of his investigations that he went on, he live streamed everything. And so you were seeing it as it, as it happened and um, which makes it a lot harder to, to fake things. Sure. And so he and I got to talking and built a relationship. And next thing I know, uh, me and my fiance are going out there with him. Uh, it was towards the, the end of this past summer, that we went out there uh, around Fort Duffield, Kentucky, which is outside of Louisville. And we went to this place that he had dubbed the the cursed cemetery. And so, while we were out there, the first thing we started to experience was uh, were, were voices coming over the live stream. We had people listening, and as we were talking, they could hear the spirits talking and were telling us what they were saying. And so we w- we were able to to converse and we found out that there were two children there with us that were the ones who were were talking and anybody who's been around me long enough and I, I did children's ministry in the past knows that I I love kids like I just I adore them I like being around them um I I love having my own kids. I mean, I'm just, some people are kid people. Some people aren't like I'm a kid person. And while we were doing the, the live stream and walking around the, the cemetery, somebody said, hold on. I'm going to send a picture for Zeke. He's got one of the kids following him. And so they screenshotted the place, uh, of where they, they saw it. They went back and screenshotted it. And in the picture, you can see me, me walking and just a few feet behind me is a, another person short, um, like a, like a child. And there was nobody following me at that point. Dustin had the camera, my fiance was off and in another place um looking at some graves on on her own and so they sent this shot and you can clearly tell that there's something there following me in it and it looks like a a, a child Ugh, spooky and one of the other things that happened is we have one of those we had one of those light up balls that you touch and it uh it goes off and lights up, and so we had set it on the ground, and we had it there all night, and we were just asking the the kids you know if they could manifest enough energy to make this thing go off. and so all night it never went off. And we were packing up to go, and we were going through our our cleansing thing, you know, you can't attach. All the normal stuff and said okay we're 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 packing up we're gonna go as we started to walk off with our stuff the ball starts lighting up
1: hmm. of like course. crazy of course it does because you're packed up and ready to go
2: yeah and Always. so so we it it went off for a while and then it stopped and we had unpacked all of our stuff again and then it it stopped and then it never it never started again so we're like okay. I guess they're done. And we went and looked at the ball and like, it was still in the same place. Hadn't been moved. There was nothing crawling on it or anything that can make it go off. And so I was standing there and I was like, you know, this could have just, this could have just been a fluke. And I told Dustin, I said, you know, it could have just been a fluke. I said, so, uh, I'm going to ask him to do it again. I said, uh, you know, if that was really you and we said the spirit's name, can you make the ball go off again? Nothing happened, and I said, "Okay, well, I'm just going to take the ball home with me and go." And no kidding, as I went to bend over to grab the ball, it starts going off again, <laughs> and I kind of jumped back, and I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll leave the ball for you." And we we left the ball for them, and um, as we were packing up, that ball was still going off and so we waited and waited and after about 30 minutes this ball still kept going off and so we finally just ended up leaving with the ball still still going off and um, you know we, we went back the next night as, as well and um,
1: do you have to with those balls do you have to touch them pretty like hard or could like something like a moth set them off or do you have to you have to give them a little force
2: no you have to give them a tap
1: okay okay
2: yeah you you have to give them a tap it's one of those ones where like if you throw it and bounce it on the ground it goes off okay yeah so you have to give these things uh a little tap for them to light up there has to be some sort of of a force okay um and You know, Dustin has been back to that cemetery since and um, has had some similar stuff. I saw he had one of those light up teddy bears.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He
2: was that he was using, and there on the live stream. This was Halloween night. I was watching it, and he's sitting there talking, and something just knocks the bear over, and it starts it starts Mm -hmm. lighting up. So um, we're going out to that. That same place again because we had I mean we had pretty much every activity that you look for when you go on an investigation. We had it all in in one night.
1: Right. What what but, time of year was it when you went? When you,
2: this was um it was towards the end of the summer. This was in August.
1: Okay. I'd be I'd be curious with you going in February uh, if there, if you noticed any changes or in the vibe, just cause you have a completely different season to work with. Um, mm-hmm. just interesting when you get to go back to a place and kind of study it from a different angle, you know?
2: Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we've got some different things where we're going to, to try. We've got some, uh, portal mirrors that we're going to use and, we, we've also, because the energy has been so strong there, if these spirits can make a cat ball go off, if they can push over a toy teddy bear, um, what we're going to try this this next time is we're, we're bringing one of those uh, small children's uh, keyboard. Okay. And we're going to see if they can push a key and make the uh, keyboard go off.
1: I love experiments like that. Yeah.
2: It's fun, yeah.
1: especially you know we so. we we probably had one of our most interesting experiences in a cemetery when we saw these little, you know, balls of light moving through them in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. So it's it's fun when you get an active place like a cemetery, which are your 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 cliche haunted places, <laughs> and when you get cool stuff actually going on, it's like it's awesome. So I still
0: can't explain that one.
1: No, I know it's a weird one. So we're definitely going to look forward to seeing and an uh waiting to hear if you get any results or don't yeah. get results. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, and
2: w- I'll keep you updated.
1: Where can everybody go mainly uh, find your books at and read everything that you've written?
2: I have a thing to do is just to go to my Amazon page. Okay. This is Ezekiel Kincaid and you'll see the dreadful death series on there. Um, Johnny's on there too. Also for anybody who likes werewolves, I have a werewolf novelette called the memoir of Darius Fisher so if you like the more uh, historic style werewolf stories from like the 19 early 1900s more at like atmospheric um, I've got that one or uh, if you want you can buy a discounted version of Johnny in a an ebook format on godless.com okay you can get it on Godless for a couple bucks cheaper than what it is on Amazon. And also night of the blood come is on Godless for 50 cents.
1: I'm going to have to go buy right now. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go buy that one now and read it.
2: <laughs> so um. Amazon uh, <laughs> Godless is where you can find my stuff. Um, I'm on social media on um, Twitter and Instagram is what I use. A lot of my author stuff. And it's just, my name at Ezekiel Kincaid, and then I have a, a new website up that I've been working on. It's called the Paranormal Pastor. It's a uh, a Squarespace site. So if you just type in the par- Ezekiel Kin- the Paranormal Pastor, it will
1: mm-hmm.
2: it will pull that up as well. So um, I've got that new site up and running. Still some more stuff to do with it, but it's it is it's functional. Awesome. That's so cool. uh, yeah, Amazon. Godless and um, the paranormal pastor.
1: Cool. We'll have all of that linked up on our site. I'm going to try for this
2: year to do better show notes with a little
1: more interactive. So if people go to our website, like, I mean, we always link everything that we yeah, talk yeah. about, but if there's something extra, I want to throw in there or like Ezekiel mentioned the two movies, yeah. the the two made for TV horror movies. Like mm. if you can find them on YouTube, I'm going to put them in there so you can there like you go, go yeah. and go and watch what he watched that inspired him to become yeah. what he is today. Yeah. So we thank you Ezekiel for thank taking so the time much. to open up our 2023 show where we talked about giant, Sperm monsters, (laughs) near-death experiences, paranormal investigation, like, you know, everything. We talked about everything, which is what we love to do most on this show is kind of just go all over the place. So thank you so much. Yeah,
0: let's do it again, Enrique. Thank you. Absolutely.
2: Thank you all for having me.
0: Ghostly Ah. Ah. Talks!